All right, hello, Idiots on Parade, the two ugly for TV podcast. Hi, Jay. Wait a second, you're not Jake. <laughs> no, not today. I'm not. No, um, listeners, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know what this is gonna be. This might be a bonus podcast, or it might be the weekly podcast. Um, if you are a regular regular listener to the podcast, you may have heard last week's episode where Jake. Um, I even announced it before the podcast started. I, I, I recorded a special, hey, you're going to hear some fuck-ups on this episode because Jake was having all sorts of episodes with his phone. He records on his phone, but if you are a regular listener to the podcast, you know Jake is an alcoholic and he drops his phone a lot. <laughs> and uh, it, it, there, were, it, there were so many technical issues last week with his recording. And right after, he uh, told me that his phone wasn't working. He could only receive and make texts. He couldn't make phone calls. And then just radio silence. I haven't heard from Jake in several days. I've been texting him saying, hey, when are we going to record next week? And I'm pretty sure he fucked his phone up beyond beyond repair. That's what I'm guessing. I'm not positive because usually he doesn't go dark like that. But but, uh, that's what's going on. So we have uh, my friend uh, Barrett Antar Goodwin, jazz musician from uh, New York City, in New York City, who we've had on the podcast before. He's done bonus podcasts with me in the past. And before we get into uh, topics or subjects, why don't you give a plug right up front to what you did the other night? You had a CD release party. Quick, tell everyone uh, yes. where they can listen to everything that's going on in oh. Barrett Antar Goodwin's world. Well, man, let's see. Uh, Katie Henry, High Road, that's the name of the release. Katie Henry's is a great kind of blues artist is what they're calling her, but the music really does crossover to a few different genres. It's kind of like blues in the way that Tedeschi Trucks or Allman Brothers is blues. You know what I mean? Like, it's blues, but it's kind of got some other stuff in it, you know? Uh, but the CD is called High Road. It's Katie Henry is the artist. You can find it on all of the streaming platforms. It's uh, something that we're all really proud of. Just a great piece of work. So, yeah, check it out. Find us on all the social media platforms. Let me know what you think. And what I hinted at was when I said, tell what you did the other day, uh, you actively on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, oh, yes. we're, we are recording just uh, for listeners uh, on Friday, November 23rd, Black Friday. Uh, we should be out shopping, but we're not. So <laughs> yes, I always because like to we give don't the, have Amazon. Right. Right. Um, I like to give the date we, we record on just in case, you know, Trump launches the nukes on Saturday. They'd be like, hey, why didn't they talk about Trump launching the nukes? What assholes? You know, they're, they're supposed to be like we, we recorded the day before they did that. So so on, on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, you actively had the CD release party. Where, where was did. that at? Uh, we did the CD release party at the Stanhope House in Jersey. Um, it's a great roadhouse. It's a really, it's a relatively famous roadhouse, I suppose. Like many of the famous artists have played there. Uh, it's been around for, I don't know, 50, 60 years or something, but tons of fit. Like the gum you're standing in might be Muddy Waters gum or something like that. You know what I mean? It's kind of fascinating in that sense. But uh, yeah, we played the CD release party. John Ginty was the producer and he sat in with us that day. He's a phenomenal organ player. And um, yeah, it was just a great show. I'm sure there'll be video up soon. If you go to Katie Henry Music, I'm sure you can find tons of that video. But I think the video from that show will be up probably in the next week or so. We'll put it on YouTube and things like that. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, it was a good time. All right, cool. So jumping into topics, the first thing I want to talk about, and I'm I'm glad that I'm talking to you because uh, as, as, well, I'll just say it, uh, I am, in case people 
don't know. I am a honky American or cracker American. You are a black Afro-American person of color, right? Correct? Did I get that right? I lose I mean, track of the politically correct terms. Yeah, um, you know, my, my pronoun is he, and I am an African-American male, I suppose. We just generally refer to ourselves as black folks, you know what I mean? So, you know, I don't really, you know, in in my family, in private, or just when black people talk, we don't refer to each other as African-American. I, I know that's why I said that's like a, a social justice warrior yeah, thing. It's, it's like I went my thing. whole life calling you black, and suddenly now if and, I say, oh, that's now I'm wrong. But that's what right. I want to talk about. So let okay. me tell you what happened. In the past, you and I, we, we have many conversations, most of them off air, but you said something once that it's really interesting the time we live in where white people have to act a certain way around black people. I'm not sure if that's what you said. Well, let me let me just tell you what happened, and you you spit back at me what you think of the, um, everything. Uh, I'm driving my kids home from school. Uh, I've got a six-year-old and a four-year-old. They're in the back. They're strapped up. And we're just driving on the street, and my six-year-old, the daughter unit, she just says at one point, she goes, that boy just littered. And I went, what boy? And she goes, the boys we just passed, one of them just threw trash on the ground. And I'm an old man, so I get, you know, sort of like, get off my lawn, angry right away. And I, and I have the split-second thought where I go, I should turn around and just yell out my window at them, like, hey, pick that shit up. I look in the rearview mirror, and I see it's two black kids, and the instant I see it's two black kids, as fast as I thought I should yell at these kids, I had the thought, I'm not yelling at anybody. And the reason was all the cell phone videos of poor racial exchanges or interactions and suddenly where instead of me being adult an adult yelling at a kid don't fucking litter now i'm a white guy yelling at a black teenager and suddenly i'm a racist and the thing goes viral and i'm like fuck it i'm not even going to deal with it and i had this thought like i literally thought of hillary clinton like oh it takes a village to raise a, a child but only if they fall within certain demographics and and i just kept moving forward where it should what it should have been is an adult yelling at a kid and suddenly i was very self-conscious going i'm not going to get caught on a cell phone yelling at someone that that gets blown out of proportion and suddenly i'm fucking all over the internet as a horrible person yeah but i mean in this case some of your best friends are black people <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I hear you. I think it's well, well, <laughs> let's. So, in the case of, okay, so there are four cases I can think of off the top of my head. Barbecue Becky kicked it off. She called the cops on black people having a picnic. Then there was a permit Patty who called the police on a small black girl having uh, selling water outside her apartment <laughs> building. I know. Then there was corner store. Caroline, who called the cops because a black kid brushed her butt. And then finally, there was Key Fob Karen, who wouldn't let a black guy into her secure apartment building. Right. Now, break these four down. The the barbecue Becky, I'm going to say probably racist. Permit Patty, she could just be a woman that doesn't like kids or, as she said, didn't like the yelling. Hey, water, why did race enter there? The woman in the store, this black kid touched me. I'm going to go with race. And the last one, key fob Karen, letting someone into an apartment building, that's something you just shouldn't do. And then after everybody blew up and called a racist, oh, turns out she's married to a black guy. Like, so you say I have black friends, but it doesn't matter. The initial knee-jerk reaction is always, oh, there's an exchange between two people of a different race. Something's going on. Well, I'll say this. Um, All right. I've seen... 
reports on all these things and I've listened to the stories on them. I watched some of the exchange of that with that woman. Uh, what's Key Fob Karen is her name, I suppose, right? Yeah, the one in St. Louis going through okay. the apartment building. Yeah, right. And I saw that, and I thought she was being ridiculous because so he clearly got buzzed in. He was there, and she's standing in the doorway, and he's walking in, and what? And I've I've walked into plenty of buildings where people have buzzed me in. People who live there have buzzed me in, and I've walked right up, and no one's given me a hard time. And so I kind of think she's being a little bit ridiculous because he had already been buzzed in. It wasn't like he needed her to buzz him in or anything like that. And she's standing in the doorway, and he's kind of a, he's a grown man. Do you know what I mean? And she's a grown woman. All she had to do is say, okay, well, I'm going to have my eye on you. But, like, I mean, honestly, if she really thought he was dangerous, then what is she doing? That's like, a good point. Like, like it, the hell she doing? <laughs> like, like, he couldn't really overpower her he, if she... Right, if she right. really thought he was a danger, she's going to stand in his way. Like, I, I mean, we don't have to get into the whole concept and idea of privilege, but, like, I mean, I don't think that privilege is going to protect her. <laughs> like, no, do you know no. What I mean, like, like, if he really was trying to get in there, what the hell is she going to do about it? So then what is she actually doing, and what is she protecting, and what is she standing up for? Like, she's not letting a guy in a building that, that that he has a right to be. Like, delivery people come and go in those buildings. See what I'm saying? Like, like I'm just not sure what her point was. I'm not going to let you into my relatively secure building that has cameras and stuff. Like, like I'm just not. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure what her point was other than to to. I mean, I really don't know. Actually, I have no idea what she was doing because I would never do it. That's the thing. It would never even occur to me, like, if I was standing in my building and a white guy was walking in and he didn't have a key fob and I wasn't sure, I might ask a couple basic questions. But if he said, if I said, oh, you're here to visit somebody, he goes, oh, no, I just moved in. I'd be like, oh, okay. And that'd yeah, be the, that'd be the end on. of the story. Let me, let me play <laughs> you know devil's I mean? advocate, though. Um I don't know what she was thinking dragging it on. You make very good points. Um, I, I think of two things. Uh, one, I think of the Seinfeld episode where he wouldn't let his neighbor in because he didn't recognize him. It was a downstairs neighbor, and then I guess it turned out like Kramer knew the guy. Do you remember that at all? No, I was, like, ne- no I was never I, a Seinfeld person. I can't let you in. Sorry. You know, like the neighbor's trying to get in. Um, but then I, I don't know how often you see it. Um, I see news stories all the goddamn time, and but it's 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 houses, not apartment buildings, of Amazon packages getting stole off, stolen off uh, porches. I mean that just happens all over the fucking Midwest where oh, Amazon yeah. just leaves a package. So I don't know if Amazon gets access to buildings and then leaves packages outside doors that could get stolen. I just I think security issue. I don't automatically think race. Like you say, she takes it way too far. It's like yeah, if he's really threatening, you're putting yourself in a lot of danger if you think he's a threat. That's funny that you right. look at it that way. But I I don't think race. I just think security. I, sure. and, that's, and then I let it go. Like, okay, well, you know, whatever. I mean, I would say that she it may have started off as a security issue, and then I think it turned into something else the minute he didn't comply. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the fact that it went on and on and on, and she literally followed him to his apartment. And then, and then kind of when she realized that he lived there and he wasn't harmful and he had a key and it was his, actually his place, she goes... Well, um, my name's so-and-so. Nice to meet you. And uh, and she starts, like, kind of like, because she's like, oh, right. 
this is ridiculous. The guy lives here and I'm being silly. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think there was a moment, if you see the video, there's kind of a moment of recognition where she's kind of like, right, this is silly. But like, and when you bring up the fact that she's married to a black person, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of cool, whatever. But honestly, I've dated a lot of white women in my life, a lot of black women. I've dated a handful, all kinds of women, right? And I can tell you that I have dated racist white women before. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, because it's not. Fair enough. It, Fair I enough. Mean, it, but it's not racist in the, in the sense of like, like, here's what they would say. Oh, you're not like other black guys. Oh? Are you like other black guys? Well, I would say, well, how many black guys do you know? Well, like three or four. And what are they like? Well, they're kind of like you. So what does that mean? Well, you know what I mean. You're not like those black guys. What is that? What do you mean, those black guys? I know lots of different kinds of black guys. Like, you're not like those white girls? Like, what is that? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like there's an idea of what black people are. Like, black people are like this, this... Like, when people think black person, they think thug from the inner city if we're using code words, right? <laughs> right? That's what they right, think. Right, right. No, that, but, yeah, that, it's... Black guy is uh, right. it's like Trump is doing with the caravan now. When he talks immigrants, we all know he means Mexicans. He's, right. he's not talking about Canadians coming across right. the border. Not at all. He's not talking about, uh, you know, as he said, right. Norwegians. It's right. You say immigrant, it is a code word for Mexican or Mexicans Latino. Mexicans or people from some shithole country, right? right? It's like, right. That's And that's what I mean, right? Like so. But before what, we go down another path, I do mm-hmm. want to— I play devil's advocate again. You said something, and as I was digesting it in my brain, I came up with a hypothesis. Um, it, you said if she feels that this guy is a threat or a danger, why is she following him around? Um, could be, could being married to a black guy mean she's just that comfortable around black men, around black people? Where absolutely, it's, it's so that you know she's she's not threatened by him. She's just confused, like, hey, you're not supposed to be here. What's going on? But she doesn't feel threatened because she's used to black people. So she has no, she doesn't have the I mean, thing we're talking about now. The 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 thug thing. The you're not like not like sure. the others. And you could may be. be right. Like I mean, the truth of the matter is that I do not know this woman. I never met her before in my life. So all I know about her is what I saw in that video and what I think she was thinking by what her facial expressions were and what she said, right? So that's not a lot to go off of to judge a person's character and who am I to judge her, right? So that all being said, yes, you could be right. The question is, is this the first time in her life that she's ever been confronted with a situation where somebody was trying to walk into her building that she did not recognize and did not have a key fob? And did she do the same thing? Did she do the same thing when it was a woman she didn't recognize, when it was a white guy she didn't recycle, a black woman? Because I'm sure that this is not the first. The, how old is she? Right. She didn't look like she was 19. Right. I don't know how old she is, but let's say she's in her 30s. I like, think she was 54 or something. OK, so she's 54 years old. And so she's never had this encounter before where she's been in, in her apartment building and seen someone she didn't recognize walking in the door behind her without buzzing in or anything like that? And did she put every one of those people through this same situation? And if the answer is yes, then she's just that person. She's the person you're going to grow up into that get off my lawn, you you rotten kids, right? She's just that person. And so fine, I get it. But my guess is that this is not the first time 
my guess is that when it was a white woman walking in, she held the door for her. You know what I mean? That's my guess. That's a good point. Fair enough. But I again, grant you that. Again, I don't know because I don't know her. So maybe she is that person who follows everybody around and is annoying and irritating. And she's just that person, the rules and regulation person. And you know what? You're, you're, the, the paint on your wall is one shade different from eggshell. We can't have that. And I have to report you to the – maybe she's that person. Do you know what I mean? In which case, yeah. But I doubt it. It's just not – what I think, but again, she could be. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's very likely that she's just that woman, but then why was that not her defense? Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, no, fair like, enough. But like, why didn't she just say that when all the interviews, when everybody's calling her? She goes, listen, I do that to everybody. I can get you 50, 50 of my neighbors to tell you that I'm not an annoying person who's done this. Do you know what I mean? And that's all <laughs> yeah. she had to say. Is the, And everybody went, oh, right. We all know somebody like that. We all think they're annoying. But okay. they're not racist, you know. And I, I do want to bring this back home because I, I yes. realized that we are we're just fucking speculating about this <laughs> know, woman, right. and it's basically <laughs> jerking off. We're right. basically jerking off to no end. So bring it back to me and my situation. Okay. Um, I mean, how do you think? I mean, wh- I I'm, I have here's... never ever before in my life questioned my interactions with other people, I no mean, matter who they are. Well, and that was that's why this stands out to me. Is this maybe the first time I have ever gone? Holy shit, I just had a moment where I questioned and moved on, and it was a societal influence. And it wasn't like me thinking of who am I as a person and how do I respond. It was, what will others think of me? And that's scary. That, that's, that fucks me up a little bit to think that I'm concerned with image and or appearance. I mean, we, we all are. I don't walk outside fucking, you know, wearing stained shirts and clothes and not showering for a week. You know what I mean when I say not concerned. Sure. But, you know, like actively... Whoop, this could get dicey. Moving on. Well, I mean... And I think it's detrimental to society. Yeah. I mean, here's my thought. When you said it initially, I was like, yeah, that's a dicey situation because it it would very quickly get turned into race immediately because you as as an older white man, them as young black boys, you guys would become symbols of something rather than who you are. Right? You become a symbol of this, of, of... whatever, and they become a symbol of whatever in the eyes of the world, right? They're not just two boys and you're not just an adult, right? But I do think that you could have said, instead of confronting them in a, hey, you kids, pick that shit up type stuff, you could have said, hey, do kids live here? Do you live around here? And they go, yeah. And they go, then why would you litter? Because that's a question, right? And that's that's a reasonable question that you can ask them with a bit of sternness in your voice. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to yell at them like they're your children, but you could say, hey, you you could just make the assumption, hey, you guys are walking home from school, which means you live around here. So why are you littering in the place where you live? There's a garbage can right on the corner. What are you thinking? Well, let me go sideways with that, with two thoughts. Um, neither one is, is good. Um, <laughs> the first one is... Uh, I, I, I used to live in a small town in Iowa, and it is growing and expanding way beyond everything I ever wanted it to. I, when I got here, I'm like, oh, this is nice. It's small. There's nobody here. Now, within the past five years, we've gotten a Pizza Hut, a McDonald's, just all sorts of fucking chain shit that I never wanted. Yeah. And there's an apartment complex about a block from the McDonald's. And I noticed that the instant the McDonald's opened, now there is McDonald's garbage 
to and from that apartment complex. Like right. just people walk over there of all races, colors, and creeds and yeah. genders. You know, this whatever. Um, but it, it just sucks on that side. Aside. Okay, now here's where it gets into the horrible thought. The first that one I guess wasn't so bad. Um, about a quarter mile south of my house is Section Eight housing, mm-hmm. and it is. I'm gonna say, gener- I know I can't think I've ever seen a white person there. It's it's mm-hmm. uh, an apartment complex that is all African American, and you walk around my neighborhood and you don't see litter. And you walk through that apartment complex, and I do with my dog on occasion. The, and it's like there's garbage everywhere, and it just I, I just sit and think and go, hmm, it's just interesting that there's garbage everywhere in this one little section of my small town. Yeah, and. I think you and I have talked about this, and I, I can never wrap my head around an answer, or I, I get, I'll, just, I'll say what I'm trying to say, and I can't think of the question. I know that people, and I know a lot of the people that live there, and I've talked to a few, this is seen as, a, you, you escape Chicago crime and violence, and you come to Iowa. It happens all the time. I've had many conversations with African Americans that have done it from Chicago, and I get that. The thing that confuses me is the mindset that remains, which is, Maybe you were living in squalor in Chicago in in a ghetto, but now you are living in a very nice small town, and yet the 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 inertia, the residual leftover you know Chicago mindset is there, and you treat this new pristine place like you treated the old place, and that's why there's trash everywhere. And I'm like, God damn it! What does it take to break through that? What does it break? How do you sit down and have a conversation uh. and say, Look, where you are living now is nice. Why do you treat it like the place you used to live that you wanted to actively get away from because you said it was not nice? I mean, I you know, this is a much, much longer conversation than we would have time for. But Well, and I'm sure it could, it, it's the same thing with trailer parks and white people. I, I, I just mean, the, the example yes. is actively the Chicago and the one that's a quarter mile south of me. Right. You, you go through the trailer park here, it's all fucking white trash, and it looks the it's, same way. It's, it's all right. garbage. I mean, it's, yeah. not, it's not a racial thing, right? It's, right. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a poverty thing. And more than it's a poverty thing, and this is where, you know, it starts to sound silly, like hippie bullshit, right? But it's really... A poverty mindset. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can, you can get yourself. Like they say, you can take the kid out of the city, but you can't take the city out of the kid. Do you know what I mean? Like when you when you leave a place that you've been in for generations at a time. Let's say they came here. Let's say they came north in you know the the migration of the black people leaving the south and coming up north right let's say that's when they came to chicago so let's say they've been in chicago for what like two generations right let's say i don't i don't know when everybody came up here i just know what i read from blues magazines and shit right so <laughs> when all the blues musicians moved up there that's what right, i know right but, from memphis to chicago right but let's just Buddy say, guy. right right exactly johnny right. hooker right let's so let's just say it's been a couple of generations maybe three two three generations right and so you've lived in the hood you know and the hood at once was like a neighborhood and it wasn't great, but it was a little neighborhood. And then it got shitty and shitty and shitty. And then the last couple of generations has been shitty and you get out of there. I mean, what are you supposed to do? You know what I mean? Like, this is why lottery winners go broke. You know what I mean? Like, they just don't know what to do with money because they never had it before. So you can give them some, but giving people money doesn't make them smart. 
obviously, because you know dumbass rich people, right? That is true. But, but you know what I mean? Like it doesn't giving people access to clean water and good housing and good schools doesn't make them better. The the second generation kids, the kids who were raised there, they're gonna grow up that way. But they're going to go to school with other people, and they're going to see other things, and their houses are not going to look like this. Ah, right? it's, thank it's, you. See, right? I said explain this to me, and you did. That is fucking yeah. logical, and it's yeah. like a goddamn light bulb went off, and you just... This happened to me the other night. I went to the comedy open mic, and um, they showed a TV advertisement for something, and Nick Cannon was on it, and I said, someone explain Nick Cannon to me. Like, <laughs> the guy has no charisma. How the fuck does he keep popping up? And someone said, oh, he was a Nickelodeon kid. He's just always been in the system. And same. I just went, ah, I get it now. I yeah. never understood Nick Cannon, but you just explained he's been doing this since he was... I didn't know. I thought he just appeared in Drumline and popped right. out of nowhere. Right. I didn't oh, yeah, know he was a, a kid. Yeah, he's a known entity that everybody can rely on for a certain amount. He's reliable. Right. He well, he's is, just he's in the know? system. That's literally yeah, all it is. Yeah, he's in the system and he's a proven entity that is reliable and he just they use him for exactly what he can be used for, nothing more, nothing less. Yeah. Right. That's interesting. Because this was uh, for for one of those game shows or one mm-hmm. of those, you know, like so you want to be a singer or something like that. Yeah. yeah he's a host. He can do that. And he's that's the perfect gig for him. Particularly I mean, I know, charismatic or interesting or clever, yeah. but he can do that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know the guy, but I mean, I, you know, I like Drumline enough because it had drums in it. But um, anything else I've seen him and I can't even recall. What's going on in the background over there? I don't know. Do you hear all that knocking and stuff? Yeah, is it just pipes or something? Yeah, yeah. All the right, heat, the heat just the heat just kicked on in the studio. Ah, that's what <laughs> it's it is. It's an old building. Uh, it's an old leather warehouse. It's a cool building. It's a fantastic building actually, but it's you know it's old. Um, all right. Well, one more topic before we sign off. Because yes. uh, you said it would take a lot, but I, I want to end that conversation there because that was so on the nose because uh, it made me think of generational uh, immigrants to America yes. where the, 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 the transplants are old world where they came from and mm-hmm. then the kids gradually change and modernize in America. And so, yeah, yeah, the way you that exactly. So you explained it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. I do want to go out on a happy note. Mm-hmm. Um, I, last week I told listeners that I was completely obsessed with two things and they were Florida being Florida and Mexico being Mexico and just living up to every standard. <laughs> and this week, my obsession is the American tourist that went on, uh, the, the Christian missionary that went to a remote Indian island where nobody is allowed because he just had to spread the gospel, and he said, if I can just introduce them to Jesus Christ and save them, and he was killed. And it's like this this story is blowing up, and people are calling him a martyr for Jesus, and other people are making fun of him, and I fall on the making fun of him side. Like, anyone calling him a martyr for Jesus, it's it's like... I I just I'm I'm reading every one of these stories because it's every story says the same thing. He it's it's this this tribe on a small island, and if you show up, you just get shot with bows and arrows. They're completely isolated. There there's a story once of a plane doing a low sweep sweep overhead just to take pictures, and when they got back, their plane had bows and arrows in it. It was like a little Cessna or not bows, but you know it it was Mm -hmm. chock full of arrows, and. I mean, he shows up, and uh, he said he—I uh, read a quote. I have all these articles in front of me, so I can't find. There are so many different quotes. One, he's telling the, the, the islanders, Jesus loves you, as they're shooting arrows at him. And he, he thought God would protect him. And I just—the delusion that someone like that has to have 
to say, I'm going to go save these people that want nothing to do with me or my fictional made-up character. Like, I'm sure on the island they have their own fictional made-up gods. <laughs> or if they don't, they, they worship nature or something. But what is the delusion? The, 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 is, there, is it a mental illness? Um, you know, what, I mean, what are your thoughts ooh, on this story? Man, man. So first, let, let's start by saying this is your version of a happy note. But okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I mean, I, I just, I, I, I because I mean, this, this. Let me read part of the story. Um, let me get his name right. I'm not going to do the whole thing because it's uh, John Allen Chow, C H A U. I see. I, I don't want to. Where is he but, from? Uh, he, he's uh, Asian American. American Asian. I, I don't know what generation, but, uh, I, yeah, I believe American. John okay. Allen Chow, American missionary, right? But, uh, um. He shows up at the island, and he starts walking toward the people, and is apparently crying. My name is John. I love you, and Jesus loves you, and here's some fish. And according to the you know research, they're, they're firing arrows at him, and one pierces his Bible. And, you know, he spent the night writing about his experiences and going back the next day like, hmm... <laughs> I that's the part of the like you 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 they 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 scare you away by shooting arrows at you and you go no no yeah, what, what's his, that what's that story Bible, about the guy on the Bible roof? saved him his Bible saved the arrow went into the Bible instead of him and so he thought God was on his side what's that story about the guy trapped on the roof yeah you know, the guy's yeah, trapped on the roof right a boat comes by boat. God will save me a yeah. canoe comes by God will save yeah, me whatever and, and then he drowns like why didn't you right. save me yes. I sent you a boat and like so this guy has arrows shot at him and he goes back and he thinks nah the Bible saved me but in reality it's God saying just leave those guys alone they're living their own little island life and you're fucking with them like the tribe is seen as hostile to outsiders, having reportedly killed two fishermen whose boat drifted onto the island in 2006. And, oh, here's, there's the uh, fired arrows at a helicopter checking for damage after the 2004 Indian Ocean tsunami. So they're, they're trying to make sure the people on the island are alive. And it's like, yeah, we're alive. Get the fuck away from us. Like, yeah, well, why, we're why does someone kill you? Yeah, but I, you know, I can't wait to see them around the throne of God, worshiping in their own language, as Revelations seven nine to ten states. Fuck you! Nobody wants your Jesus. What? It, you guys might think I'm crazy in all this, but I think it's worthwhile to declare Jesus to these people. Well, guess not. I mean, uh, I mean, I, <laughs> here's, the fuck is wrong with you? I mean, I have a lot of questions, and I, I don't know that that the answers to my questions are found in those articles, but. Has he been a missionary long? Has he been to other places? Does he speak other languages? Does he, like, what? Does he, like, I don't even know this guy's back. Because to me, what it's, like, the picture I have in my head is some kind of, like, 26-year-old, 25-year-old guy walking around. 26. Kind of looks like a Mormon in my mind. Has on, like, those blue pants and the black shirt with a little pocket protector <laughs> and a Bible. That's what I see in my head. So, I, but I don't know that that's accurate because I... You know I mean? No, pictures are... He's just wearing normal clothes. Okay. I, I don't think... He's he, not Mormon missionary, I, I, as far and, as I can tell. And and does he speak the same language as them? Did he understand their culture and customs? And Like, it sounds to me like these well, are Well, the customs who, are stay the fuck off the island. Well, what, but, right. Uh, these, it sounds like nobody knows anything about these people because nobody can get close enough and anybody who lived there doesn't leave, right? So it sounds to me like not the kind of place where you would go. 
But I wonder if he's been to like 10 other places that are hostile and he's had tons of experience with that kind of situation and just thought here he could be helpful. And well, not, here's, it here's sounds like he's just remarkably naive and stupid is what it sounds like. Well, here's the most interesting quote uh, that I've been able to find in all the articles that I have open. Uh, there's a source who asked not to be named that from maybe the boat when he went back. Uh, he wrote that he was doing this in his uh, diary to establish, quote, doing this to establish the kingdom of Jesus on the island. Do not blame the natives if I am killed. So he kind of went in eyes open in a way. Like, I mean... the. Because he had to get smuggled onto the island. You are, you are not legally permitted to travel to the island. So he had to bribe, which isn't that a sin if you're doing something illegally, uh, unless it's for God. There's always that loophole. He had to bribe fishermen that knew th- where the island was to get him close enough so that he could go ashore. Because I think the fishermen were like, fuck you, we're not going ashore, but we'll take you to the island. We'll show you where it is. You can get there. So... So he knew what he was getting into. It's just, why do you do that? Like you say, naive. I mean, is it then... I guess a mental illness, and I think it is, where religion, if that is so deeply seated in you, that you could be considered legitimately mentally incapacitated because you believe in your sky spirit so much that you feel the need to push him on others and or spread the word and or that it will protect you when, you know, obviously it doesn't. I mean, I would argue that the religion might have anything not have anything to do with it. He might just be a crazy person who found Jesus, not a person who found Jesus and became crazy. But uh, right, there's there's definitely that possibility. But I well, also, there's always the addiction person that like, oh, I was addicted to alcohol, but then I found twelve right. step programs, and now my, I have a higher power. It's like you know, you're just addicted to Jesus. You're just, right. You know, it, you, right. you switch there, one for the other. Right. There could be some. I mean, there's any number of reasons why. Because you know, I mean. People do dumb things all the time, right? So I, I don't know what he was thinking, but I, I the religion thing is interesting for me now because like I'm not a true believer by any stretch. But I'm kinda like, well, there are some things I've seen that I can't explain. Doesn't mean it's religion or God or anything like that. It could just be that like religion is just science that we haven't explained yet. And science is religion we have explained, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I think that's what Neil deGrasse Tyson says, and I like that. He said it kind of like you did, but very eloquently. Right. (laughs) Science is always—not that you didn't say it eloquently, you know what I mean. He used his his, uh, big brain and said (laughs) that science is always expanding. Like, we're always finding these answers. And I did find something where he said— uh, the tribesmen who stood about five foot five t- inches tall reacted angrily to his presence. He wrote as he attempted to speak their language and sing worship songs. I just uh, that <laughs> I mean <laughs> I attempted to speak their language. I all I picture is I picture two things. I, I picture Peter Griffin uh, speaking Italian uh, in the episode of Family Guy where he grows a mustache and he's just going <laughs> bobbidi boopidi boopidi boppidi boppidi boopidi and then the other thing I think of is the American that just speaks louder no I am saying can you show me how to get to the library thinking that being louder is somehow you know going to communicate your point better 
Yeah, I mean, it sounds... He was illegally ferried to the island by fishermen and then took a kayak alone to the shore because the fishermen were like, "Eh, you're stupid, but you paid us in advance, so bye. (laughs) And we don't have to bring you back, so I guess we're good. (laughs) (laughs) One-way ticket. No, no, round trip. No, 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 no. One-way ticket. You can pay for round trip, but one-way ticket. Yeah, I mean... But like, but here's what I see. I don't have enough details, right? But from what I see, it looks to me like just an obnoxious younger person who, with very little training and very little skills and very little experience, went into something that was way above his pay grade because he believes fundamentally that that it's his right to go push Jesus on everybody else, right? So I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not I'm not, not a fan of Jesus, but I kind of think that religion should be personal. And I think if you're going to go minister to people, instead of going to minister to some, some people on some fucking island somewhere that are going to try to kill you, why don't you go, again, we bring this right back around, go into the inner city, go into the trailer parks, go to the place where Jesus actually went. Right. How about that? How about instead of trying to show Jesus to a bunch of people who don't speak English and have known to be hostile and remarkably violent towards outsiders? Why don't you go someplace in your own country where it matters? Right. Like not to say that those people on that island don't matter and that they don't need Jesus. I don't know what they need because and I'm not trying to find out. Right. But like I feel like there are people who say things like. I want to help women. And so they go to school and they get degrees and they write policy that helps middle class women, right? But then I know people who say they want to help women and they're in the trenches working with prostitutes and drug addicts and trying to, and kids and, and, and girls in underprivileged situations and getting them into colleges and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's. Well, can I interrupt you? Yeah. Is there anything wrong with. The fact that life is uh, the sum, the the whole is the sum of the parts, or whatever that quote is, and that both approaches are okay. I think they're that you need people that write policy alongside people that are in the trenches. Absolutely. And I have an answer for you on why this guy did this. Um, if you okay. want to hear it, or if you're in thought, I will not. Well, uh, yeah, you. let me finish this, and then I'm I'm curious to see what his, what his actual reason was. Well, I'm yeah. sorry, this is not an article. This is my personal oh, okay. questioning. Well, right. I have an idea, so go all ahead, and then right. I will tell you. So, so yes, I do think that, and I, but I also think that there are a lot of people out there writing policy for like poor people who have never met a poor person in their lives. Do you well, know what I mean? Have you? I have. I've been one. I wouldn't right, exactly. Be, I wouldn't want to talk to <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, and yeah. I feel like I feel like this guy, and, and it sounds obnoxious again, because I don't know this guy, but it sounds to me like he wanted to be famous, not to help people. Because if you actually want to bring Jesus to people, you bring Jesus to people. You want to become famous. And become an internet sensation. You do something and, and you no do one's something, ever done before. Right. And then you get, and if you live, you get to start your church and you get to, because like had he lived, he could have dined out on that story for years, written a book, done a TED talk or a TEDx talk at least. Do you know what I mean? Uh, like hopefully could, they would say no to this kind of right. nonsense. But you know what I'm saying? But like, like suppose he was successful. Suppose he got on the island and he was able to smooth his, smooth his way in and stayed for like six months and gave them Jesus and came back. He literally would have set himself up for the rest of his life from that one act, right? And that's that's what people do these days. They do these crazy things to try to bypass the idea. All right. Sister Joan Chittister. There you go. 
Sister Joan Chittister, Benedictine nun, right? Brilliant thinker, brilliant writer, goes all around the world to, to help people, save people, women's rights, poor people, do all kinds of stuff. She's a brilliant and amazing woman, right? But she works her ass off. She's not, there's no shortcuts, you know what I mean? I feel like this guy was trying to take a shortcut because that's what happens now. You become an internet sensation. Then you can just write a book and dine out on that shit for the rest of your life. So that's what it sounds like to me. So he's just being an obnoxious young person. But, and that's why I say it ends on a happy note because that's <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. I love it when there was an article like two weeks ago that was making like uh, this couple died taking a selfie. Because they had to get the perfect selfie, and that's what they were known for. They were bloggers and travel nerds that had all these followers on Instagram and always did crazy things. And when you do crazy things, it's going to catch up to you. And yeah, they, they fell down a cliff because they were you know, trying to balance just so to show how crazy they were being. And they fell, and I'm like, there you go. You know, like, how, you know, that, that's why it's a happy note for me. I mean, and, 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 you know, I'll get in a car accident and die and someone will say, well, there you go, fuckhead, you were driving a car. I mean, there's there's chance in life in anything you do. But when you do, like you say, something obnoxious just for the sake of being obnoxious. Now, that you I, I absolutely agree with your theory. I am not going to undercut that at all. I'm going to take it, I think, one not level further, not one step further, but on the same plane. I think it was a mix of things. I like what you're saying. I agree with what you're saying. And I also think that the reason he's there um, with among these this isolated tribe or trying to be is if you are that uh, God delusional, there's one thing you have to do. And I believe, and I could be mistaken, but you have to convert the planet to Christianity Sort of, so kind of like the caliphate with with Islam. They say we want the entire planet to be a caliphate and go under Sharia law or whatever. Well, Christianity needs to prepare the world for the return of Christ, so there can be the battle between Satan and God, and the earth will be a wasteland, and you know the 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 chosen will turn to dust like Thanos snapped his fingers and go up to heaven. And I think that might be in part what he's doing is the more people you convert, the more you prepare the world for the return of Christ. So people in America have heard of Christ, but if he can do this one extra special thing and convert these new people, well, that makes him extra special in the eyes of Jesus. That theory make any sense, hold any water to you? What do you think? Yeah, it's an entitlement theory, right? Like he believes that he can, again, find a shortcut. Instead of going and saving, like... You know, instead of going and preaching and converting a whole bunch of people, he can go convert this one really difficult group of people, which should then buy his buy his access into the to the afterlife. Um, it's like playing the stock market and uh, right. betting right. on something to uh, to yeah, instead of uh, spreading your assets around and and slow growth gain, putting yeah. all your money onto one stock you right. think that's going to yeah. shoot like, to the roof. Yeah, don't don't diversify your portfolio. That's put, what I was right. The words, put yeah. put everything into whatever this this. Uh, I don't know. New technology that's about to take off. Someone yeah. invented a widget. Yeah, like like if you had put all your money into Segway back in the day, like, ah, right. this, this two-wheeled contraption's really going to blow up. They're pushing it hard. Eh, oops. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a perfect example. Right, and that's exactly what happened. So this, they, this guy was the Segway of missionaries, this, the, the, <laughs> the, in, the Segway investor of missionaries. Uh, there, yeah. there's, there's, a, there's a metaphor or a comparison there. I'm just not sure where it is. 
No, but I mean, but you're right. I mean, that that's it. That's exactly what it is. I mean, I also think that it's it's a thing that like, I I don't want to say it's not his fault, but it's almost he almost didn't have a choice, right? Like, if you grow up in this current environment, if you were born in the '90s, right, or worse yet, the 2000s, right? But if you were born in the 90s, by the time you were in seventh grade, you had a cell phone. And by the time you were going through puberty for real, you had, like, pictures in your phone and just these things. And as you developed kind of into a sexual being and a person... You watched all these people go from nothing to amazement because of MySpace, YouTube, AOL, blah, blah, whatever bullshit it was at that time. And your whole existence has been American Idol, The Voice, Internet sensations becoming real famous people and people like you said who are famous and wealthy, arguably, because they travel around and take pictures of themselves on their cell phones and post them to Instagram. So hotels give them free... Like, it's kind of insane that people are making money off of not having skills, right? And so now you grow up in that world where everything happens fast, and if you haven't made it by 30, you're a failure. Really, honestly, you find me, like, other than, like, really people who are way ahead of their the, the curve, what do most people in an older sense, accomplished before 40 anyway. Like, realistically, like, you're going to tell me that Michael Douglas is a better actor, is a better actor when he was 25 than when he was 45 than he is now? It's absurd, right? But we live in this world where, like, over 30, you're dead, right? You have no function, even though that's when you're actually just starting to get really good at something, Right. And so now this kid's 26 and he's got to go out and do all these amazing things with his life and document it and write about it and do all this stuff because that's the world he grew up in. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not I don't want to say it's not his fault, but like a little bit of a little bit of mental illness. Not all, that that's harsh to say because I, I don't know what's it's not that it's a little bit of delusional thinking. Right. A little bit of delusional thinking. A nice Isn't dose of God. Isn't that what religion God. is based on, though? Right. Well, a little bit of delusional thinking, a, he- a hefty dose of God, and no real understanding of what the Bible actually says. And yeah, you would do some dumb shit like that. But like, if you actually read the Bible and actually read it and understood it and took some classes on it and talked to some people who weren't idiots, then they would tell him that what he was doing was fucking retarded. Not retarded. <sighs> PC terms, man. You can say that on the show. We're old. I know, but it, I. But it's all right. It's just ridiculous what he did. It's just absurd, and he should. And and but like he just doesn't know because if like it and there was no sense of growth in his mind. Like I need to do this, so I should learn the language, or maybe he knew it. I don't know. Or, but like maybe I should work my way up to this. Right. Start in 
my local neighborhood, move out to some places that are a little bit more sketchy, move out into the deep parts of the sketchy areas of this country, and then go to another island, but someplace where there's some friendlies. You know what I mean? A UN building that is friendly to you, you know? And you pop in there and you try to help those people for a minute. And then you keep working your way up. And then when you know what you're doing, you have some experience and you've done something in the world somewhere around 40 you know what i mean then he could go back in having known a language spoken to dozens of people had some liaisons find found a couple of people who snuck off the island and can really talk to you know what i mean like like it just sounds like he did no research whatsoever just had an idea had a thought hooked it up to hook himself up to it and hit go and went all right let's do this it's like well let me I, you know. i've just thought of another parallel i everything you just said uh made me think of this um, the Super Bowl is the last game of the season, not the first game. <laughs> right, exactly, right, exactly, exactly, right. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Yeah, opening day here at Wrigley Field. We're going to have the World Series. It's going to be nice. It's going to be yeah. downhill from there, folks, because they're just going to be playing each other. But, you <laughs> exactly. know, let's see what happens. <laughs> it's already been decided, but, uh, hey, pay attention to the rest of the season anyway. Don't don't build up to a climax Climax first. <laughs> right, it's like exactly. fucking without foreplay. That's the other example. Right. There you go. Yeah. You just orgasm and there's no no foreplay. Yeah, it's All right. absurd. One last time, the Katie Henry Band. The album is a uh, high road on Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, Title, all the streaming platforms. You can find it katiehenrymusic.com. Yeah, I think I told you once that I Googled Katie Henry and there's like a chiropractor or someone else out there. So you yes. actively have to throw in music yeah, because Katie Henry otherwise music. you're getting yeah, the you other get one. Some other stuff. There's a photographer, a writer. There's actually another musical artist named katie henry totally different kind of music yeah it's yeah so but yeah katie henry music check it out good stuff she's on all the social media platforms very easy to find yeah and drop us a line let me know what you think all right katiehenrymusic.com uh and do you still have antargoodwin.com going i do indeed antargoodwin.com as well i have nathantimmel.com and uh, thanks for listening. And if you like what we do, spread the word, share the podcast, write good things. And if you hate what we're doing, then tell all your enemies because they might like it. Oh, and <laughs> the one, I should have said this up front, but uh, the, the listeners, the intro and outro music you hear every week, uh, Antar Goodwin uh, oh, composition. Yes, that is. I feel, yeah, that was uh, it's an Antar Goodwin piece. So there you go. All oh. right. Actually, I will say this, one last plug. Uh, my official studio is open in Hoboken for any New York people who want to come record. Find me, Antar Goodwin, on Facebook, on Instagram, all that stuff. Drop me a line on the website and come record some. And one final, final thing. Uh, you might want to shoot Katie Henry a text right now. I am on katiehenrymusic.com and uh, across the menu bar, and I just clicked it, Album Pre-Order. So let's change that from album pre-order to album now available, ladies yes, and gentlemen. Absolutely. Album is available. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah,